The Roughnecks podcast will use explicit terms. If you are easily offended, then you have been warned. If you want a pussy, then let's have some fun. Also know that we do not own the rights to the music. Sorry that we are lame, but we will make our own music one of these days when Teddy stops being a lazy piece of shit. With that being said, what is going on, everybody? This is Cole here. You guys listened to that little sponsor segment about Anchor? Yeah, well, that helps us make a little bit of money. So every time you guys listen to it, it helps us make a little bit, a penny at a time. Uh, We're trying to use that money once we get enough to buy microphones. As of right now, we don't have any microphones, and I know that the sound quality is a little rough. So if you guys help us out by listening to this, then we will be able to buy microphones and make that sound quality a heck of a lot better. So help us out and listen to that and help us grow by following us on social media at Podcast, and be sure to share our episodes using the hashtag, hashtag Podcast. You can also now email us at roughneckspodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram with great topic ideas or guest ideas. So we are back. We are not in our makeshift studio this time. We are all on Google Hangout for the first time ever. Uh, this is the fourth episode of the Roughnecks podcast. We want to start by saying thank you to all the fans who have been listening. Um, this is our second attempt at a podcast, and let's just say this one's going a hell of a lot better, and that is 100% thanks to you guys. So thank you for everyone who is supporting us. Um, but now it's time for episode four. We have another special guest with us here today on Google Hangout. This is our first attempt with Google Hangouts, so we apologize if it's you a little... You fucking off. muted me. God damn it, Teddy. I was no, literally... keep it going. Yeah, well, you interrupted it. <laughs> yes, I, inter- I, I was muted you. talking. Yeah, well, you don't need to talk yet. This is our first attempt with Google Hangouts, so we apologize if it's a little rough. Shouldn't be too bad. Um, but joining us today, we have the all-conference middle linebacker from Ohio Wesleyan University, Joe Urich. Welcome, Joe. How are we doing? Player of five positions, I will say. <laughs> yeah, you might be the next Schuster, or you were the first Schuster, and that Schuster just oh, followed in your footsteps. I don't know if I want I that. Know. I don't know if I want that hung on, hung on me. <laughs> I don't. A little more you. successful than Juju. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he actually he actually played. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord, you had Schuster on the, what the last time? Yeah, last episode. He Amazing. The most views we've ever had from Schuster. She's, She's actually gained five pounds since we have done an interview with him. I don't know. There is much more for him to gain. Oh, uh, there's he, tons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know how uh, like people buy gerbils and they look normal? Yeah. Schuster is the Ohio Wesleyan football team gerbil. We got him. He looked normal, and now he is fat as shit. Yeah. Hey, I don't even know. He'll do anything, any trick you want him to do, he'll do it. Him and uh, him and Coach Max Modarski went opposite ways. Max would have gotten 15 pounds skinnier since he got here somehow, and Schuster's Schuster's offensive line, baby, and I love it. Oh, dude, Schuster, he, what Cole? I said he was Pat McAfee, just a fatter version oh. of Pat McAfee. <laughs> yeah, that's All right. right. Whenever, because uh, at one point I only had one tight end, so I used Schuster for all the scout reps. He was catching passes on Shane Quinn. Oh. That's like, you got to get Shane Quinn on here and just talk about how Ronda Rousey could beat him up. And, oh, I don't want to get Shane on here because he's going to break his fucking laptop. <laughs> if I'm not yours, it's all that matters. Shane put on some money, too. 
Yeah, we've all put on weight. Let's be real. I've put on weight. I have a daddy, has it? Yeah, you've put on weight, just different kind of weight. You've actually put on good weight. All right, Joe, give us a little background about yourself to start. Where you're from, what you do now. No, but it's, uh, let's see, I'm from the great state of uh, Parma, Ohio, greatest city on planet Earth. I went to Ohio Wesleyan University, the Ivy League of the Midwest, for four years. Um, played a part of the Wolfpack there. And, and of course, I did dabble a bit in linebacker and, and what is probably the greatest moment in Bishop's history, if I'm being humble. I got out of out of there and now I'm uh, now I'm teaching and coaching um, and wouldn't rather be doing anything else. So I really like it. Really love it. Where are you coaching at? Coaching uh, Orville, Orville High School, Orville City School. So I'm pretty happy about that. You're doing better than Schuster. <laughs> what is I'm he sure no, he's actually coaching at Owen Tangy for football right now. Oh, the okay. freshman football team. He uh, boasted yeah, that they're the one and four. Freshman running backs coach. Freshman makes sense. Hey, one and four. One and four is the, the ones that all that matters. There, the one That's is all that fair. matters. Um, so you're a big sports fan. Huge. Yeah, Huge. that's the one thing I learned about you real quick. Uh, who are some of your? Would you say your favorite teams? I know you got a lot of teams that you follow in depth. Oh my! Uh, it depends on the. I mean. The Browns are my live, breathe, and die, mainly die through the Browns because it's been a rough go of it since I've been alive with them. But the Browns are number one overall. Um, love them to death, even though they usually are picking number one overall. Um, you got to go with the Indians, of course, Cavs, Cleveland through and through. Um, but I, I stray from the pack in Ohio. I love the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, I, I don't fall under the Ohio State mist that exists in this state. Um, but love the Wisconsin Badgers. Even gotten into a little soccer here in quarantine with uh, w- w- with Aston Villa over in the Premier League. So I'm all over the place. But, uh, you know, you need in-depth knowledge on any of those teams, I got gotcha. you. How did you become a Wisconsin fan? Oh geez, it's a. If I had a dollar every time I've been asked that, um, my dad was my dad was born in California, moved back here when he was three. Grandpa never really was a big fan of Ohio State or any college sports, but when he was out there in the '60s, you know, you pick up if you're out in California in the '60s, UCLA dynasty, you're a UCLA uh, fan through and through, basketball wise at least. So my dad loved UCLA, but never had a football team, and it literally is tailgating. I swear to God. Um, the, the, the Badgers were terrible in the eighties. They were looking for tickets to go to the big house, um, see Michigan when they were actually good once. I know that's hard to believe, but Michigan was good at some point. Um, and lo and behold, they go get tickets through Wisconsin and it turns out Badgers know how to tailgate. And if there's something a year at love, it's a good tailgate. So they kept going to Badger games and here I am 40 years later after my dad went to that first game and I've, I've known nothing else. So, uh, you could say you were about a pube hair away from being a Michigan Wolverine fit. If if Michigan fans knew how to tailgate, we might be Michigan fans right now. We might be, uh, Michigan isn't good at anything they do. No, (laughs) of course not. They make a great stadium. I will give them that. That is true. That is a valid point. Make a beautiful state. So, Joe, how do you ever see Wisconsin winning the Big Ten? I do. They're going to stumble into one here at some point. Um, They they just got to get over the hump that is Ohio State. And at some point – What you're saying is Ohio State has to leave for the SEC 
Wisconsin to win the Big Ten. That's not going to happen. Let's be real. Ohio State needs the one – like Alabama every eight years goes to like the Capital One Bowl because they have like three losses. Ohio State's going to have one of those years, and Wisconsin's going to be the team to to send them to the Capital One Bowl by winning the Big Ten Championship on like our eighth try against Ohio State. Not a 59 to nothing game? No, I don't see that (laughs) happening. They're pretty hot right now. And they just keep bringing in recruits. Well, and the thing is, Wisconsin – it, their recruiting classes are getting better and better. I think them Wisconsin starting to separate themselves from everybody else as the second best team in the Big Ten. Nah, uh, nah, nah, nah. One, one of those teams we're gonna get them. Who's the second best team then? Exactly. I you, mean, you I don't think know. About it. It, just, it changes every year. On our side of the Big Ten, like Ohio State side of the Big Ten, it's basically Ohio State. Like, who is the other team that's made it other than Ohio State lately? It's, it's always pretty much always been Ohio State, other Penn than State. the year. One in two thousand. That's true, but that's, that's the. I think you know the, the number two in the whole Big Ten. It's a revolving door. It's either Wisconsin, Penn State, Northwestern. Whenever they had that awkward year, actually winning games, and then you know Iowa. I think is always a scary team to play, especially when you're playing at Iowa. Oh, Iowa oh, and uh, Penn State are two places. Like as an Ohio State fan, I hate when we have to play there. Hate it. It's like our like we struggle. We struggle at Iowa always. Oh yeah. Penn State. Listen, I think Wisconsin y'all's Achilles' heel is always the quarterback position. Yeah. Since you guys know how to recruit offensive linemen. Yeah. You guys know how to recruit running backs. Mm-hmm. You guys know how to develop tight ends and pretty decent wide receivers, and then the front seven on the defensive sides always. Mm-hmm. Always stack. Vince Beagle was a baller a couple of years ago. Yeah. And of course, you have the Watt brothers that have been in and out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we need another one of those Watts coming in. If they, they got like a farm up in P, uh, uh, Pewaukee where they're from, we need more to come. Or is it Waukesha? Oh. Where they're from? We need more coming through. I love another Watt. And then uh, they, they were always all of them, all three of them. Even Derek Watt was a was a str- And then you had the. The stint in the early two two tens where it was Toon who was a balling wide receiver. Nick that Toon. was the late, yeah. late year Russell Wilson. And then you had the, the running back room. I think you guys do a really good job of finding kids and developing them. Mm-hmm. But the quarterback spots just That's the I'll say that um I'll give credit to Barry Alvarez for Urban Meyer's recruiting strategy at Ohio State. And that's the reason that Michigan can't beat Ohio State anymore. When Barry Alvarez came to Wisconsin, they were just terrible. And he realized he's like, if any good recruits come out of the state of Wisconsin, they have to go to Wisconsin, whether they're four star, three star, two star. If it's the best recruit in Wisconsin, they're going there. And he said, we're going to build a wall around the state and nobody worth a damn is going to leave. And he that's still the case today. If you're worth it on Wisconsin, you don't leave, um, at, least in, at least in football. And, you know, that's always been the case with Michigan. Their best football players have come from Ohio, always, always, always. always. And they always said if if Ohio State could stop those big recruits from leaving, they dominate Michigan, and that's that's what's happening. Um, But, yeah, Wisconsin gets those those young uh, walk-ons. They have a lot of walk-ons that come through, man. And Just working guys. Yeah, hard workers. They got a a kid – the kids that fit – 
People are starting to buy in though on a national basis. We just got a five star kid from uh, five star lineman from Pennsylvania, which is they're getting yeah, all that one. getting a Ruchi because we have his brother, albeit. But they're starting to pick it back up. But I mean, you can't compete with Ohio State getting six five star kids running four three forties. They're going to beat our Cole Nixon's playing safety every single time. Yeah. Hey man, it pays <laughs> off to be a slow safety sometimes. Okay, do you think if Brett Bilmo would have stayed, you guys probably would have won the Big Ten? I think Brett Bilmo fired in about two years after after he left. Oh, you guys were hot though. We were, but in Wisconsin, Wisconsin fans are hard to please. They're Packer fans, so they're used to success. And, and everyone was mad when he left. Bilmo, like I myself, I had no idea why he was leaving. Because I don't know if anybody, if you play the old NCAA, Wisconsin was a cheat code. Uh-huh. You run the power offense, yep. and then you throw it deep. It just couldn't be couldn't be stopped. It was the same kind of, and I feel like in reality, their uh-huh. power run game was disgusting, and they had wide receivers that could catch anything. Uh-huh. The thought with Bielema bounced, I think, part of, partly because of the pressure and partly because of the paycheck. But you know, he had some classes there where the 2011 Badgers that won that first Big Ten title game had. Uh, 20, I'm pretty sure it was like all something like 22 of their starters, all 22 made it on an NFL roster. Like it was by far the best team we've ever had. And we lost three games and, and, you know, lost to a six and seven Ohio state team in, in Columbus lost to Michigan state on a hail Mary. The Ohio state was a hail Mary too, from Braxton as a freshman and then lost to, um, Oregon in the big big 10 title game. I mean, when you have that talent and the year before they lost the, they lost the Rose bowl to TCU, the pressure was like, they, you know, people are saying Bielema can't win the big one. Bielema can't win the big one. Um, and then he bounced. And I really think Bielema might've been forced out um, behind the scenes because the pressure was really big. Well, Arkansas paid him a shit ton of money. Oh yeah. 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 He got that sec yeah. money. And where'd that and pick he, him? Arkansas has never been good. No, no, Arkansas has that issue of it's a state where you don't get high level athletes. Mm-hmm. And if you do, those kids want to get out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I think that place will never be successful. No. Be, yeah. And Bielema couldn't Bielema couldn't cut it there. Um the difference with Bielema and Chris that we have now is Chris has won big games. Um, he lost. We lost the Rose Bowl this past year, which is you know Wisconsin's all, end all be all win the Rose Bowl. But you know they, they he's won. He won the Orange Bowl. He won the Cotton Bowl. Um, he's won yeah. big games. So now the now the knock on Chris is can he beat Ohio State? And he's come close. He's come real damn close, man. But gosh, another well, another little question: Why the hell would y'all believe in Horny Brook? Play a cardinal did. sin that a lefty quarterback will not do anything for you. None of us did. And Tony Brook, man, he was something else. Oh, I feel like God. he was there for freaking forever. Yeah, he was. He was there for two years, wasn't he? Yeah, Horner Brook, Florida State, right now. Yeah. Oh, gosh, he was. I we went twelve or thirteen to one that year. In spite of Hornybrook, if Hornybrook can make throws, Wisconsin beats Ohio State in that Big Ten title game 
that we played them and we were undefeated. Hornerbrook missed two or three wide open throws in the first half that Wisconsin's offense couldn't necessarily recover. And and they still hung with them, keeping that in mind, only being able to run the ball. Um, If Hornerbrook, there's two or three throws, I remember that had he been somewhat close to on target with, it would have been a different story. Um, And we would have gone to the playoff and probably got just hammered by Bama. But um, that was Hornerbrook. And and then, I don't know, you guys know the story, the rumor of why he bounced from Wisconsin? I don't. Uh, He raped someone? No, no. Thank God, no. Um, We don't want any of that. Um, He... Um, the rumor was, so he got concussion symptoms and then he came back in one game we lost and played Minnesota at home and we lost the act for the first time 15 years and had concussion symptoms again. So rumor was he was, um, and this has never been reported, but behind the scenes, Madison rumor, he was hooking up with the starting middle linebackers, girlfriend and the oh, starting Wisconsin. of Wisconsin and the starting middle linebacker knocked him out. And who was the the linebacker? Is that was that Vince Beagle? That had to have been. Oh no no no. Um, I want to say at the time it was T.J. Edwards. Um, oh, and apparently that was not not confirmed, but like in the in the in the circles around Madison that talk about it, that was the rumor of why Hornybrook bounced was because the team was like, we don't want you back. We're not going to take you. Um, Cause realistically he would have been a third year starter. It was his job. There was no reason for him to leave. Um, so that's the rumor of why he bounced the Florida state. Now, again, I don't know anything. I don't know for sure, but that's what everybody was saying. Um, everybody, but the, but the Milwaukee general Sentinel, cause they wouldn't report that. So um Something interesting to keep in mind. Yeah, he's a douchebag. He kind of seems like that. <laughs> Didn't come off well when that happened. Seems like a very, something Ted would do. Your name's Hornybrook, man. You got to live up to it. That's fair. That is fair. <laughs> How many Big Ten championships you been to, Joe? Everyone Wisconsin's been to. Um, so so that would be like a lot of losses. Four losses, two wins. <laughs> it all that matters is the two, though, right? That's actually not that bad. No. Started off two and zero, and been rough ever since. <laughs> not that bad. No, but it's uh, the Big Ten Championship. If you ever get the chance to go, it is. They do such a good job down there um, with with that. It's it's such a cool environment because it's it's. That's an indie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Indie's yeah. awesome. It's such a nice city. The fan fest Indy is, is not cool. awesome. Yes, it is. Indianapolis, yes, oh, such, such a nice city. If you the go, the only like, thing there is Lucas Oil. Yes, and Lucas Oil is awesome. No, but there's so much to do down there, man. There's the the, the little bar scene they got going on is real nice. Um, the outdoor section they shut down this whole outdoor corridor for like Colts and Big Ten championship games, and they do a bunch of different stuff. Joey Chestnut did an eating competition there. I mean, it's a they did they do a phenomenal job, man. If you ever get the chance. The, the college football playoffs title game is going to be there in two years. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's such a, it's so cool. I love going. I would go even if it wasn't Wisconsin. It's that good of a time. Um, and it's a cool environment to see two fan bases. Like it's, it's the loudest place you'll ever be in. Cause it's two fan bases trying to out yell each other. And, you know, I've been there when it's 89, like last game, it was 90% Ohio state. Cause we didn't think we were going to win, but 
when Wisconsin was 12 and 0, it was 50 50, and it was the loudest stadium I've probably ever been in. It was crazy. Yeah, I went there for a motocross race when I was younger. Shut up. And, and the cool thing, too, is like our hotel that we stayed in, we never had to walk outside to get to Lucas Oil. You walk through like a, a overpass tunnel over the street into the convention center, through the convention center into Lucas Oil. And yeah. then, like, what Cole's trying to say is he slept in his car in a field. That no. Was no, I didn't. <laughs> Curtin Shell took me to that one. All right, so I saw on Facebook, Joe, you had that little story about James White. I'm actually, I'm actually very interested in it. So give it, yeah. give us some background on it, and then like what happened. Yeah. So speaking of Big Ten championships, you know, second one um, was against Nebraska. Uh, you know, we go, we stay at, but you know, we get Marriott points. We stay at the Marriott, and the, the team hotels are always. The, the whatever team Wisconsin playing always stays in the Marriott, whatever team Wisconsin always stays in the Weston right next door. Um, so we go down, Wisconsin wins 70 to 31, big win going to the Rose Bowl. And we, th- you know, we decide because we're in the Nebraska hotel, let's go next door to the Wisconsin one and see, you know, if we, you know, me being a kid, see if I can see some of the players and meet some players. And never, I mean, it was the coolest experience I've ever had um, going in. And I mean, you guys, you know, hanging around as D3 players, you know how it is hanging around everybody after a big win, you know, it's the same way there. And think about going to the Rose bowl and going in, all the players are walking in and, you know, I get all the big names like Monte ball. Um, Melvin Gordon is a freshman. This is his, that was his big breakout game. So he had first, first big game he had ever had carries in 205 yards. Um, you know, NFL players like Bo Allen won a super bowl at the Eagles, Rob Havenstein starting tackle for the Rams, like all these great guys. And, I got some of their autographs, um, and the one I, I was so focused on everybody else, I, I didn't get James White, who was my dude ever since he was a freshman. And, you know, he was kind of starting to walk away, and I was just kind of standing there. I was like, ah, you know, uh, it's pr- probably too late. And I'm a very typically introverted person, didn't want to reach out and bother him. And his dad kind of caught eyes with me when we made eye contact, and his dad was like, hey, he's like, hey, you waiting for an autograph from James? I'm like, yeah, actually, I actually am. And he's like, Hold on, I got you. And he went over, grabbed James, and and then nothing against you know James was busy going to celebrate, but he's like James, come here, come here, come here, come here, and got his son to sign autograph with me. Sat and talked with me for a few minutes. Um, both of them did. Super cool gesture um, from a guy who, you know, just watched his son run for 180 yards and what was going to be one of his last college games, and didn't have to do that for you know a kid you know who he knew nothing for nothing about who was really crashing the Wisconsin post game party. Um, so it, it was really, really cool and shows he's a real, real nice guy. Um, you know, we got his son to talk to me, not just sign an autograph. And, um, and then, I, you know, I saw that, uh, that car crash thing that he had two weeks ago, three weeks ago, that he had, uh, you know, died in, a, died in a car wreck. And I think his mom, James White's mom, survived. And, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's the only time I ever met James White, only time I ever met his dad. But um, first impressions are big to me. And you could just tell that he was a very, very good man. Um, so I wanted to share that story because I, you know, on Facebook, because I just wanted to pay my respects to a guy who probably doesn't even remember that, didn't remember that for the rest of his life, but it literally made my night, um, you know, eight, nine years ago now. Uh, crazy stuff i have i brought up i have the the, the ticket oh damn framed. i got a frame saved um right you got, got melvin gordon up here in the corner monte ball right there uh 
Rob, oh, that's Rob Havenstein. Melvin Gordon's right there. Rob Havenstein, who played in the Super Bowl with the Rams the, a couple years ago. And then James White right there. You know, one of my things, I have a lot of sports stuff. One of the things I keep, one of the things I keep hanging up partially just because of that story. Super cool. Um, and a great man, uh, it, it seemed, in the one time I met him. So yeah, it was really sad to see that that whole thing pop up. Yeah, and you never hear anything about James White doing anything bad. So no. I think he did jump from a, a great home. And I think you know, just, he's still a young guy. Mm-hmm. He's had so much success and yep. in the NFL, just mm-hmm. for to go through that, like it, right, it's a horrible it's, thing. It's terrible, and you know to see. I mean, just to see all that success. It always like the Super Bowl. He scored game one touchdown in that one against the Falcons, and that I was just like, wow, you know. I thought of him and I thought of his dad. I'm like, his dad's going to be so proud. And, um, you know, I think it was Josh McDaniels just came out last week and said, you know, I wish, you know, I wish my kids would be like James White. And and the kids are always a reflection on the home. Um, kids are always, always, always a reflection yeah. on the home. And, and so it's obvious that he was raised right. So it's, it was just so sad to see that whole story um, pop up for such a good man. It kind of makes you wonder why, you know, shit like that happens. Right, but, you know, I think James White will learn how to handle it, and uh, I mean, kind of wish you know, none of that ever happened to even high-level people. Yeah, you know, it's a horrible thing. But that's the thing that doesn't really happen. Story. Doesn't always happen, or only only happen to like just high-level people. Like it, good people, like bad things happen to good people, and it, like it just doesn't make sense. Like you, you always yeah. wonder why. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah, so that's a good thing. It's actually a pretty impressive story. Not a lot of people. It's crazy how you know you live in Ohio and like you you try so hard to you know have this connection with with your favorite sports team. I think it, like that's just sports is all about that. You know, mm-hmm. people like that just going to have that connection with with the team that you know they love. They grew up watching and things like that. So that's that's a sweet ass story, man. Yeah. So I just got one thing. Kind of, this is kind of funny. We just had a really sincere moment. Uh, would you say you were a better player than the one and only David Prawl? Oh yes, <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> oh, Prawley boy, I love Prawley. Um, coach Prawl to me. Co- coach Prawl. I'll never, I'll never, never. I, That's crazy to me. No. Um, good old Prawley boy. What I'll say, what I'll say is Prawl is deceptively quick. Yes. For the fat man that he is, <laughs> he has really quick speed. Quickness. Like he is, he is really, really quick for his size. Um, he's a little bowling yeah. ball, but that bowling ball is going fast. Um, so would you say if you were even 20 pounds heavier, you think you would start it in front of the one on the day of Prawl? Gosh, I I can't even I can't I can't lie I can't say I would have I can't say I would have if oh, I come on, I'll be modest, I'll be modest but here I'll I'll tell a story to make fun of Prawl just so I I can balance it out. How about is that? this the one where you went blind? <laughs> Please tell because that story. You, you never oh. had that issue, Joe. You, that never, you never went blind. I've never gone blind during pursuit. I will say that. Um, I'll, I'll never ever forget that we're 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 ending pursuit. You know, pursuit drill and um and we're going through and walking just going to get water everybody's kind of chilling and then i hear prawl in the background uh, coach I, I, I can't see i can't, I can't see 
and I hear our coach, I can't remember who it was at the time because we had so many, but he's like, what? He's like, I, I can't, I, I can't see, I can't see. And forever Paul has been the, the blind, uh, the blind man who was playing football at that point. Um, yes. I will say though, Prawl is one of the more fragile individuals I've ever met. Um, he has oh, you have no idea a cavalcade <laughs> of injuries that are undiagnosed and unnoticeable to the trained or untrained eye. Um, I'll, I wrote, to Prawl's eye, really. to Prawl's eye, it's always there, but to everybody else's, including medical professionals, it's never been there. Um, he, gosh, junior year against Denison, we're at home. And, you know, I, I'm rotating in. It's a, it's a run heavy time. Like they're on the goal line and I'm still in and I'm thinking, well, you know, I'm all at 215 pounds. I'm not your goal line run stopper. You're 300 pound quick kid. David Prawl's your run stopper. Why is he not in? And I look over and there's Prawl laying on the ground, getting his hamstring stretched out because his hamstring cramped in 40 degree weather, supposedly. It's amazing the most important part of the game. And he was fine five minutes later. And I'm like, Prawl, your fake hamstring injury. I should not be in on the goal line. I'm very self-aware as a player. And good old Prawly boys over there getting yoga in as the game's on the line in, you know, Denison, the biggest game of our year. And so I will never forget Prawl, forgive Prawl for that. Um, and going blind in practice and many other things that good old Prawly boy does. Right. Yeah, so we'll just we'll mark it up as you were as good as David Prawl. <laughs> I, I can deal with I can deal with that. I mean, and you know, maybe maybe when I stop being so humble, I'll just admit that I was better than him. I mean, <laughs> um, you had both eyes. Both eyes work. That's they, true. They, they still do crawls up in the air. We don't know. Well, I I sometimes I don't think they work. And he got up today and he was limping out of nowhere. And it made no sense. <laughs> Did he fall down the stairs the other like a couple weeks ago? Oh yeah, we uh, it was like the third third day of camp. We're getting stuff out in the morning, and and Prawl comes down. It's like eight in the morning, and Prawl comes in limping. Well, like, Prawl, what's wrong? He goes, ah, oh, fell down my stairs. I was like, well, how high up were you? He goes, I was third step from the bottom. I'm like Jesus Christ, bro. Prawl is like the, one of the more dramatic individuals I ever met. Um, He's the loudest sleeper I've ever met. Not even close. Um, like not even close. This man is, I, I don't understand how someone's this loud when they sleep. He, sometimes he just doesn't breathe. Sometimes he's snoring. Sometimes it's both. Um, it's, it, it's remarkable. And every day when I room and I roomed with him my sophomore year or roomed next to him in the quad, I always had to look down on my futon that I would jump down on from the top bunk to go to the bathroom at night because my roommate would always come over and sleep on that futon because Prawl was so loud. Um, just terrible. Poor Prawl. I love Prawly. I love I love him, him too. That, that Everybody loves Prawl. He's, he's just so fun to mess with. <laughs> yeah. he, he's like an easy target. He does it to himself. Well, he, yes. that's the thing. he gives a reaction. If you don't give a reaction, if you no sell it, you're good. And everybody's like, all right, that's not funny. But Prawl gives the biggest reactions. So, you know, you make fun of him. Like, Prawl, you're going goes, oh, 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 oh. And, you know, <laughs> arp, 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 And <laughs> seal Prawl breaks out. Oh, so, God. God that was awesome. <laughs> all right. My final question is the question I ask all of our guests that are 21 and over. What is your favorite alcoholic beverage? Favorite alcoholic beverage? Well, 
Cole, you should know this more than anybody. Me and Cole and our Thursday night appointments every single Thursday night from like my junior year on, darn close to it. Mm-hmm. We we got together and we would race to see who could finish a twelve pack first, and then pick out pick out the beers from the mini fridge that were left over from the week before and finish those up too. Um, made Friday night Friday morning class was rough at a time, especially when you were student teaching. Oh God! Well, no, student teaching we toned it down. Remember, because we uh, we would limit it to six because I had to be up early and. You I think were, I had an 8 a.m. or something. Yeah, you were in the thick of it. So we were good. We were like really good when I was student teaching. But in the fall when I wasn't student teaching, my you know, my my pro my I would walk into Dr. Fratt's class, I'd put my stuff down, I'd put go downstairs, get a bagel and two waters, and then um then I put pop three ibuprofens in and I'd be able to make it maybe through the day. Um no, but favorite drink. I've always been a Miller Lite guy. Always, always, always been a Miller Lite guy. Um, but, you know, I will have to say my favorite beer probably now is um, Spotted Cow, which to, to keep with the Wisconsin flavor, it's a beer you can it's it's you can only buy it in Wisconsin. Um, it is illegal to sell it anywhere else. They make it illegal to sell it anywhere else. It is a Wisconsin beer. Um, I just went up this summer and brought back about nine cases of it to last me another 365 days. Um, it is like you go, like, you know, you go to Ohio liquor stores and you see like all the different beers you'll see as much, like all this Miller light, all this Bud light, all this Coors light. And then you have a little craft beer section. Wisconsin has one section. That's just cow. It is, it, it's my, it's my love. I love, love, love spotted cow. So I have to go with good old spotted cow. Is anybody participating so, in sober October? Why is that a thing? First off, where did sober October come from? I never heard of that, but I've with as busy as I've been with football and teaching and everything. I've it's been basically sober October for me. I've had zero time. Uh, I had I had probably I think I had four cows during the Browns victory this past Sunday, and I was like, man, I, I need to get back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> I know Teddy broke it, and I know I broke it. <laughs> I did. I broke it last night. I did too. I think I broke it last weekend too, but that's I didn't even mind. realize we were in October. So that's that's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a wrap on the fourth episode of the Roughnecks podcast. Thank you, Joe, for being our what third special guest. I appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We're pretty much out and everywhere, including Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to leave a rating interview. Make those honest. Any feedback we get is appreciated, whether it's good or bad. Be sure to share this episode and make sure that you add the hashtag, hashtag Roughnecks Podcast when you do. Be sure to tune in next week as we have another special guest to, uh, joining us. See you guys next week. Roughnecks out. Oh, hey there. Did you listen to this all the way through? Well, if you did, then you might have just won yourself some free merchandise. 
If you're listening to this still and you want to enter the win of first ever Roughnecks merchandise, then go follow us on Instagram at Roughnecks Podcast. That's just saying free merch with the hashtag, hashtag Roughnecks Podcast. If you do this, then you're entering yourself to win a free Roughnecks t-shirt and Roughnecks stickers. This will be the first ever merchandise made for the Roughnecks. Not even Teddy or Cole have anything, so be sure to stop what you're doing right now and go on Instagram to make sure you're the first one to enter because the first one to enter wins. Must be following to qualify. Entry closes on Friday, October 16th at 10 a.m.